minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh,
JM and the AM. <laughs> yes, thank you to both uh, kidney donor and to listener Renane. Oh, Rena. I'm sorry, Rena in Jerusalem. Thank you to both Rena and kidney donor because, uh, yes, they are correct that we had two songs playing at once. You know, it's funny. People always ask me, has it ever happened? You know, and they'll talk about it. And I said, after 35 years, the answer to has it ever happened is yes, no matter what the uh, the continuation of that question is. But I don't think this has happened in a while. <laughs> I think it's been a while since I uh, had two songs playing at once and did not realize it, which is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that is unbelievable. But I like Rita's comment, please pick a song with a nice smiley face. And the kidney donor points out there are two different songs playing at the same time. I think it was Cole Salonica and Yosef Carduner. Uh, together. What a combination, huh? Uh, <laughs> yesterday and today. Friday morning broadcast, JM and the AM on this June the 5th, the 13th of Sivan. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas. Not so I know, I know. In Israel, it's a Bahalosha. I know that. But in the diaspora, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas. Not so will be like this uh, for, I believe, a month, right? I think one month we are off in terms of the Parshios. Candle lighting at 8.04 here in New York. 8.04 is candle lighting time. A lot of synagogues, uh, or communities, I should say, begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 70 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, a high of 79. Tonight, thunderstorms likely in a low of 60. 
Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature, 86 degrees. You were Shalim at 80. We're at 70 here in New York, as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Uh, we had there the uh, combination of uh, Schlockrock's Asia Schail from a Shabbat in Liverpool, a whole bunch of Kol Salonika. You heard Asia in there with Shalom Aleichem. You also heard Asia in there with Vishamru. That's an interesting selection off Asia volume number three. And Shlomo Katz was in there as well with Bowie Vishalom. A great mix, literally, of great Arab <laughs> Shabbos music here at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best. They've got a website. And when you go to the site, keep in mind the dads and grads. Kosherdogs.net. Kosherdogs.net. 10% discount when you use promo code radio. Again, it's kosherdogs.net. 10% discount when you use promo code radio. Check out A&H today uh, and enjoy. Also, our friends at Artscroll offering with promo code radio a um, a wonderful deal on the brand new books, The Power of Tranquility, Rabbi Mayer, you did, who was with us yesterday. That was a uh, a very interesting interview, in my opinion. Uh, and also, of course, our man in Jerusalem, Rabbi Seltzer, was with us on Monday. Both books available now at 15% off plus free shipping if you use promo code RADIO. Um, go to artscroll.com. Again, artscroll.com. And always, believe you me, it's always worth it to use promo code RADIO. Artscroll.com for all the details and uh, everything else. Weekly update with Malcolm Homeline coming up at 7.40 Eastern Time this morning. Weekly update, 7.40 Eastern Time at JM in the AM.
כך הרבה שירים כבר שרתי, כל כך הרבה שנים שרק ביקשתי לתת ללב להתקרב, לא להביט שוב לאחור. כל כך הרבה מילים אמרתי, כל כך הרבה שבילים לבד פסדתי להשתחרר, להתעורר, לגלות שוב את האור. עוד לא מאוחר להודות על העבר, לבקש על המחר. עוד לא מאוחר, זה כל מה שנשאר. היום אני יודע שאותי אתה שומע J.M. and the A.M. Aishi Tischler, brand new with Hayom. Before that, you heard the Moshav band, but the only one. Bitachon had Kiesh Marash Shabbat. Mordechai Shapiro with Kedai. J.M. and the A.M. on a Friday. Erev Shabbos Parshas Nusso. I know in Israel it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Baaloscha. I believe we catch up at the beginning of July. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Candle lighting at 8.04 here in New York. 8.04 here in New York. 8.04 is candle lighting time. 70 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, a high of 79. Good weather tomorrow in this area, mostly sunny, a high of 86. Golly, it's all Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Weekly update coming up at JM in the AM. 
גלי צהל השעה שתיים, שלום רב, כאן טליה כהן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. שריפה מתקדמת לכיוון היישוב מצפה אש תמוה בדרום הר חברון. האש מתקרבת לעבר קו הבתים הראשון ומספר משפחות פונו מבתיהם. חמישה צוותי כיבוי פועלים במקום. כתבנו שחר גליק מוסר כי התושבים טוענים שהשריפה החלה מצמיגים בוערים שהשליכו פלסטינים. היועץ המשפטי לממשלה אביחי מנדלבליט מתייחס לביקורת הציבורית על חוק הקורונה ואומר הצעת החוק גובשה על מנת להקנות לממשלה סמכויות מפורשות ומתוחמות ותפקידה להחליף את השימוש בתקנות לשעת חירום. מנדלבליט הוסיף כי יש לאזן בין דרישות גורמי המקצוע לבין הצורך לשמור על זכויות הפרט. כתבנו לענייני משפט יובל הראל מציין כי עד כה הוגשו מאות הערות להצעת החוק. כתבתנו ליה ספילקין מוסיפה כי אתמול התקיימה בתל אביב הפגנה נגד חוק הקורונה. 12 מפגינים נעצרו, מהם שבעה שהמשטרה ביקשה היום להאריך את מעצרם. במשטרה טוענים כי המפגינים נהגו באלימות, תקפו שוטרים ואזרחים והשחיתו רכוש. שרי הממשלה יוכלו לבצע בדיקת קורונה ביום ראשון בתום ישיבת הממשלה השבועית. כך הודיע להם לפני זמן קצר מזכיר הממשלה צחי ברוורמן. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג מזכירה כי השבוע אובחן כחולה בקורונה חבר הכנסת סמי אבו שחאדה מהרשימה המשותפת. התחלואה במערכת החינוך. נכון להיום כ-13,700 תלמידים ועובדי הוראה נמצאים בבידוד. 304 חולים אובחנו בבתי הספר ו-92 מוסדות חינוך ברחבי הארץ נסגרו לאחר שאובחנו בהם חולי קורונה. ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו אליאב בטיטו. משרד הפנים מודיע כי חוף בית ינאי אסור לרחצה, זאת משום שקיים חשש לזיהום המים בשל זרימה של חומר צהוב מנחל אלכסנדר, כך נמסר. הרחצה במקום אסורה בהחלט עד להודעה חדשה. מרשות הטבע והגנים נמסר כי עומס קיים בכניסה לגן הלאומי פלמחים, מומלץ לא להגיע לאזור בשעות הקרובות. מזג האוויר היום יהיה בהיר עד מעונן חלקית, משעות הצהריים תנשבנה רוחות צפוניות ערות לאורך מישור החוף. אלה החדשות שעורכת תום ויינטראובלוק.
Shame in the AM from uh, the Satmer Nigunim album that is uh, Mimkomcha here on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos. 
Um, weekly update about a half hour from now with Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. That'll be coming up here at JM and Um... Trying to think what else I wanted to remind everybody about. Rabbi Yudin, of course, on Parshas Nusso. I know people in Israel want to hear about Parshas Bahaloscha. I get that. But Rabbi Yudin will be coming up on Parshas Nusso, which is what we read in the diaspora, at about 8.15 this morning here at JM in the AM. Full day, of course. Um, in the 9 o'clock hour, it'll be uh, Naomi Nachman and Table for Two. 10 o'clock for the Erev Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, hosted by Mark Zomik. One o'clock with uh, Harry Rothenberg and uh, his words about Parshas uh, Nusso. And um, right after that, the uh, Erev Shabbos music mix till candlelighting time brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, speaking of Harry Rothenberg, uh, we are going to play, as we always do, in the one o'clock hour on Friday, his uh, Dvar Torah for Nusso, but we're also going to do it this morning here at JM in the AM. Harry Rothenberg with his words and thoughts about Parshas Nusso here at JM in the AM. This week's Torah portion tells us about the role of the Levium, the Levites. We're told that they were to perform the service of the service and the service of the carrying. The service of the carrying is obvious what that means. They carried the various components of the tabernacle, the Mishkan, when it was disassembled and then transported from one place to another in the wilderness. But what's the service of the service? The commentators explain that that refers to the songs that the Levites would sing, the Levium would sing, in connection with the sacrificial service performed by the Kohanim, the priests. Now, it makes sense to call sacrifices a service to God. It makes sense to call carrying various items a service to God. But singing doesn't sound like a service. One commentator says that God was careful to call it a service to remind us that there's more than one aspect to every mitzvah that we do. Each mitzvah involves an action and a thought. Consider this. Some mitzvahs involve actions that are very difficult, but thoughts that are very easy. Fasting on Yom Kippur is a difficult action or inaction. But if I ask you, why are you doing that? You'll say, what kind of a question is that? I'm not doing it. I'm not fasting for 25 hours because I'm on a diet. I'm fasting because God decreed a fast. It's the holiest day of the year when we're repenting and we're fasting. But what about this mitzvah? You're supposed to have oneg Shabbos. You're supposed to enjoy the Shabbos. And one way in which we bask in the enjoyment of the Shabbos is to, to the extent we can, eat good food and drink good wine. So suppose I'd stop you in between bites of your Friday night roast beef or in between sips of your Shabbos wine and say, why are you eating that meat? Why are you drinking that wine? You'd probably get the right answer. You'd stop, you'd think, you'd say, well, I'm, of course I'm eating it to honor the Sabbath. But you might even thank me. You might thank me for reminding why it is you're doing that. Because if we got in your head at the time you're eating that roast beef or drinking that wine, you might be thinking, well, this is really good roast beef, or this is really good wine. How many months was it aged in the barrel before they put it in the bottle? You might not be consciously thinking about your obligation to honor and find joy in the Sabbath. In addition, it's particularly appropriate that the reminder comes here because song is meant to uplift us, to reach deep into our soul, to often to cheer us up and to help us get to higher spiritual levels. So God's also reminding us 
in addition to doing the right actions for each mitzvah and thinking the right thoughts, they've got to be happy thoughts. You can't be doing the mitzvah because God is forcing me to do this. Can you believe it? You've got to be doing it because what an opportunity. I am so grateful that God's giving me this chance to serve him, to do something small in exchange for all the huge things that he does for me every second of every day. And sometimes the thought alone is enough to convert a mundane, everyday act into a holy one, into a mitzvah. For example, you've just finished your Uber or Lyft ride. You're going into your app to hopefully give your driver a five-star rating and a tip. But now you say to yourself, one second, there's a biblical mandate. There's a mitzvah to pay a hired worker upon the performance of that service. I'm fulfilling that biblical command right now by paying my driver in my Uber or in my Lyft or in my taxi. And think about prayer. The right thoughts, the right intent, the right concentration can make all the difference in the world between mumbling words that are meaningless to having an intense personal connection and conversation with God. Simple thoughts, huge dividends.
Vegas volume number five. Those are two really, really powerful selections. Rabos Bonos and Curry Bone, both off Dvekas five. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Hope you're doing fine and dandy. 70 degrees, scattered thunderstorms, and a high temperature of a 79. Weekly update about 10 minutes away. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us coming up here. At JM in the AM. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, with words about Parshas Nusso. Outside of Israel, it's Parshas Nusso. And uh, plenty more between now and uh, 9 a.m. Uh, here at JM in the AM. And make sure to keep it on the Nahum Siegel Network all day long. You're going to want to make sure to do that. Then I could tell you. I uh, want to take this opportunity to wish a Mazel Tov to Eitan Hollander. Hey, Eitan Hollander. Mazel Tov to you. It's his big bar mitzvah celebration. This uh, Shabbat, Eitan Hollander, to you and the entire Hollander and Deer families, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Also, I want to take this opportunity uh, to wish a Mazal Tov to a recent graduate, Meira Lindenberg. Meira Lindenberg, who I am told is visiting the New York area this Shabbos. Uh, Meira Lindenberg, Mazal Tov to you from all of us here at JM and the AM. And also... I was asked by a very close friend of mine to give a special shout-out to Mrs. Weinberg and also to give a special shout-out to the entire Deer family. And uh, we wish them all a Shabbat Shalom from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents with a weekly update and plenty more. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
מלחמות קשות, רדיפות כואבות, בכל זמן, בכל מקום. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. עלילות שקרים, צוררים קשים, שרוצים רק להרוס. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. אז נצא כולנו יחד לרחובות העיר, ניקח אוויר וניצח. מדינות ענק ואימפריות כה גדולות, כמעט שנעלמו ואנחנו עוד כאן. כך אלפי שנים מעטים מורבים ואין סחו של ניסים, עם ישראל חי, אנחנו עוד
J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos. That's Eitan Freilich, Simcha Liner before that with Na'avor. Ari Goldwag had Hashem Tamid. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, Parshas Nusso outside of Israel. Candle lighting at 8.04 in New York. Portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman, Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best. Check out the website, kosherdogs.net, especially when you have in mind the dads and grads that you're trying to get a nice gift for in the month of June. KosherDogs.net, promo code radio, saves you 10%. Promo code radio. Also, our friends at Art Scroll, promo code radio. The brand new book by Rabbi Yadid is called The Power of Tranquility. Uh, the brand new book by Rabbi Seltzer is called Our Man in Jerusalem, about Rabbi Gellis. Uh, 15% off if you use promo code radio 
at artsgirl.com. So go to artsgirl.com, promo code radio for all the information. I want to thank our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you'd like to print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos, jewishworldreview.com is the place. Check it out. Go online. Enjoy. And, and learn. Educate yourself on the important topics of the day. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh, thank you. On these uh, nice, quiet weeks, uneventful as they are. Yeah, I mean, what, what on earth has happened since the last time we spoke, after all? It's hard to tell. Remember when the last time we speak anymore, what day it is or what week or month, but yeah. the events are more than clear. Uh, Malcolm, there'll be a lot of sensitive discussion, I'm sure, in this segment. And um, uh, I, many people, of course, uh, uh, caution uh, people about what to say and what not to say publicly. And if there is something that you feel we shouldn't discuss publicly, obviously you'll, you'll let us know. Is, is there any legitimate reason, keeping in mind their relationship, quote-unquote, with the Palestinian cause and their anti-Israel rhetoric, is there any justification for a supporter of Israel to be gathering and marching with members of groups that are marching under the banner of Black Lives Matter? Well, I think that uh, there is reason for people who've, who to give expression to their concern and to their revulsion about what, what happened. Um, it, we don't make common cause with groups that are openly anti-Semitic or, or anti-Israel, um, and I think it's a it's a judgment call, and it depends on the particular circumstances about how, you know, it's uh, the visuals of it, the content of it. I think it's appropriate for people to give expression to to, to speak against racism, any kind of bigotry, and especially anti-Semitism. You notice that that in many places it doesn't even come up. Uh, when we know that there's been a surge in anti-Semitic behavior, and sometimes uh, some of those very groups are participating in these other events. But, um, you know, I think that, that we we have our own decisions to make, and we decide we're not going to be dictated to because of the presence of others about whether where we can go and what we can do. Uh, I think there's a lot of introspection and retrospection that, will, that should follow this, not for the Jewish community per se, but for everyone about the things that happened, some of them too mind-boggling to consider, the looting that took place here in New York, and the clear evidence, it seems, that this is organized, that there is, um, that the, the looting wasn't just haphazard. I, I saw a video late last night that somebody sent from a, taken from a high apartment, where you can see how organized it was, how they blocked off the street, they did the looting, uh, a catalytic a Cadillac Escalade comes to the middle of the block. Everybody seems to operate around it. And then uh, the police coming and finally they give the word. They very slowly get together. They release the blockade on the block and drive off in, in almost in formation. So there, there are many things here that have to be looked at. The breakdown of law and order is never in our interest. Uh, a lack of respect for law enforcement is not in our interest. The capitulation by law enforcement is not in our interest. I think there, there are, um, you know, so many aspects. It's 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 hard to wrap your mind around 
all that's happened, if somebody would have predicted, and if you remember, I have warned about the social eruptions that would come out of this dangerous cocktail of the COVID, the unemployment, the, the lockdown for 10 weeks, the frustration that people feel, the fact that all well, the summer programs seem to be disappearing, camps, jobs, um, none of which justify the looting. But the, I think that there was a frustration and it just needed uh, something to ignite it. And and this obviously did. Um, what you just described, based on the video you saw, how you described it to us, it does sound like the term terrorist uh, uh, activity uh, could apply to that. If it was as organized as that, it really it, it is a decent comparison when one says that it was as if a terror group was taking over New York. This certainly was domestic terrorism. And, you know, the governor had introduced this concept months ago, uh, to deal with uh, hate crimes, and I think that that it works both ways. And the uh, you know whether the tactics used by law enforcement, police, the other judgments that were made, I think will come under review, and there have to be a, a assessments of that as well. That the you know the the answer is not that some they want to defund police departments and they want to cut the funding. I mean, it's just there's not a rational responses to what. What, what took place. There are yeah. questions about why the police didn't didn't respond more, and and there were you know reports of you know bricks being uh, prelocated at different sites. Uh, I'm sure that these things are being investigated, but uh, we have to see whether they will yield results. Will it be real prosecution? The fact that you have revolving door justice with the bail reform that people 700 people are arrested and and then they walk out you know in an hour, two hours, three hours at once they're processed. They get out and they can go back right back to what they were doing. This is, you know, it's almost irrational in some cases, but it has to be it it, it has to be um, viewed, examined, and, and and the excesses of police have to be examined as well. Uh, one of the mistakes, I, I think one would call it a mistake, looking back at the Crown Heights riots, was the opportunity given by government officials for people to vent. Do you think the same mistake was made again by government officials this time? I'm not enough of an expert on any of these topics to 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 you know uh, assess at this point. I know what the optics are. I know what we've seen, and I see what concerns me very greatly is the undermining of confidence in living in New York City or other urban areas. Uh, I see it expressed even members of my own family, others. Uh, I think the the um, how, how this will impact relationships in some respects. Uh, and positively, I saw the, the video from the Far Rockaway demonstration where the leaders of the, from the black community got up and thanked the members of the Jewish community for coming out and saying, we have to be there. There are people here who didn't and specifically thanked, and it was peaceful. So I think where you know, there was the preemption and where there was uh, the kind of coordination, cooperation, and again, the exploiters and where police have to have a full presence, they have to be, be free to act within legitimate legal grounds that the, uh, you know, the vast, vast 95%, 99%, 92% of the people who came, came out of legitimate motivations. It's a question of how young people view society, how they, how they see the future, what the, what the standards are for, for society. Jews need law and order. We, live in, we need the rule of law. We need the political center in this coming in a politically charged year coming after the COVID ramifications and the uncertainties that it 
brought and, ha- and, and, and still brings, because people don't know second wave, third wave, when they will get back to work, the fact that people you know, are, are, have been at home with, with no outlets for all of this time, it was inevitable that there would be this explosion. And the, the question is, can you put the, the genie back in the bottle? Can you try to restore order? Will there be uh, real lessons learned about how you prevent this, not just how you address some of the root causes, but how you prevent the kind of violence which uh, coming after the economic losses, you think about how much money. I mean, I know people who own businesses. I know how uh, real estate people are, are suffering, and this will affect all aspects, the tax base. It'll affect investment in our city. It will affect ability of people to give charity. It'll affect the ability to rebuild. Uh, you know, stuff that people have to think about. Um, what do you think of the perception uh, or the, for some reality, that the President Trump is responsible for a lot of the atmosphere uh, that we've seen in the United States over the last ten days? As I said, it's a politically charged year. And the president, you know, is a lightning rod. But to, to say that he's responsible, uh, you know, sometimes the words of, but, but from both sides, you know, uh, exacerbate tensions. We see it even from athletic figures who make comments and uh, they have to backtrack and apologize. But everything becomes then a uh, um, further exacerbation of the situation. Uh, I don't want to discuss each individual person, but there's a lot of blame to go around. And, and there has to be a sense, but, but I think also the, the breakdown of law and order has to be of concern, especially minorities, because they're the victims of most, you know, it's a black-on-black crime or black, uh, you know, uh, of um, killings and things that they, they want to see and should want to see a strong police force that can act responsibly against uh, the crimes. And you think about the police who are putting their lives on the line, they go out there and they say, this is, this is what we face. Why, why would they do it? Uh, back to my original question. Therefore, would it, be, would it be accurate to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, would it be accurate to say that sometimes Black Lives Matter is a statement and, and one could understand when any, that anybody might want to be under that banner, because obviously we want to show solidarity with those who are being mistreated or whatever the perception might be, whatever the reality is. And sometimes it's a movement. And when it's a movement, uh, then we have to take much more seriously the relationship between that group and its leadership and those who are anti-Israel. Yes, and I think that, there. well, first of all, there's a history of exploitation by intersectionality meaning that they link up. Uh, we saw it in Ferguson. We saw it in many other places where all of a sudden, you know, free Palestine and, and linking uh, the training, as we saw this time, much more uh, widespread, the linking of the training, some police forces who visit Israel and get anti-terrorism training to these tactics and, and saying that they were equivalent. And, and one major figure in L.A., I remember, put out a cartoon pretty early on uh, showing an, an Israeli um, uh, officer with his neck on a Palestinian and the, and the police, American policeman with his neck on a demonstrator or something, and, or, or uh, Mr. Floyd. They, um, uh, so that they, this, this was almost immediate, and you saw in some places where anti-Semitic signs, anti-Semitic manifestations, um, LA elsewhere uh, more visible, but happening in many parts of the country, according to reports that we have. 
um, it's, it, they will immediately rise to exploit these situations. And, it's, uh, and, and I agree that we have to be careful who we, who we support, who we are pictured with it, but it shouldn't be they who dictate whether we have the right free expression. I also think that all lives matter and that you know, one has to look at the real statistics, even about police uh, violence against individuals. The fact is that they kill more white people than black people and that the, the real numbers indicate a different story, and that should be shared with, uh, with the minority communities of all kinds and, and to, to try to create a sense of reality and, and to look where crime comes from and that sometimes the leadership of those communities has to address those things very directly and, and seriously, as, as I think we all should look at our own communities and assess what is it we should be doing better and more. Um, they're not all equivalent. And I think that, you know, the, the dismissal of the serious aspects of this is only long-term more detrimental, especially to minorities, um, if, they, if we don't try to stop it and resolve it. And I'm not saying it's in the hands of the, all the individuals. And again, the, the vast majority of people in every community are, you know, want, want to have peace and, and order, want to see their kids grow up safe. You hear black people interviewed who who are so concerned about when their kids have to go out to school or stuff. So it's you know it's it's too easy for people to box all these issues in. And again, I'm not an expert in this issue. Um, I, I follow it because we live it. We're all being impacted by it, and we've been impacted by it for a long time. It's time to rebuild some of the coalitions. It's time for us to to see a realistic approaches. Um, to see what what works, what doesn't work, and how you deal with these circumstances, because it will arise again inevitably. Um, we know that uh, in other countries, believe it or not, in other countries um, uh, there were demonstrations, some of them massive, um, about what was going on in the United States. Do we know if there were any rallies or demonstrations in Israel revolving around this topic? There were. Wow. There was in Tel Aviv, I know, uh, a demonstration. And uh, so, for one, people will exploit this, not, not in the Israel case so much, but in other places, um, will exploit it for people who have anti-American agendas or domestic political agendas that they can give expression to by uh, joining demonstration. There are people who, who are legitimately outraged by that picture. And I think everybody was the, yeah, about uh, what what occurred, of course. Um, and so they they give it. But I think in some of the European countries, this was an opportunity to to strike the United States, at, or to President Trump, or anything else that they wanted to. Um, but yes, there was uh, there were demonstrations that weren't widespread, but I think you know Israelis have always demonstrated a, a sensitivity in this area. And, and in certain ways, when it comes to the sensitivity issue and, and simply showing that brotherhood, so to speak, when the JCRC postpones its online virtual Celebrate Israel celebration, which we did with ours, but obviously I'm sure they were under a lot more pressure than we were to do so. I mean, I, I would assume you support things like that. We should, as a community, show love and brotherhood and solidarity and understanding when there's a sensitive time going on in another community. So within reason, I would guess you'd agree with that, right? Yes, and I think it, you know it certainly would have been impacted by their the participation would have been impacted. People diverted, and and the attention is diverted, and right. you know, you know you show sensitivity as you would expect others to show sensitivity um, to concerns of the Jewish community. Right, understood. Um, does the 
Leadership of New York City and New York State owe an apology to the Orthodox community of New York because of how they've enforced social distancing this week uh, in many areas of the noticeably Jewish community, while uh, obviously tens of thousands gather in many parts of the city without any enforcement in that regard? Yeah, again, I'm not. Uh, it's not something that follows closely as I do the developments that we've seen in Israel, Turkey, Iran, around Jerusalem, et cetera, this week. But um, there certainly appears to be a disparity, and it's, uh, the question is not apologies. The question is, how does this circumstance arise that people are chased out of a school uh, park or schoolyard, and yet you can have these mass gatherings with no enforcement? Um, I think that doesn't exculpate some of the people in, in the Orthodox Jewish community. Or the, I wouldn't even say Orthodox, in anywhere of every community, because it wasn't just Jews, it wasn't just others. They focused on it. The media certainly exploits anything in the Orthodox community at a time when there weren't police, you know, going after looters and stuff. We, we saw a row of uh, cars going through Borough Park telling people to put on masks and, you know, close their stores. They should have masks on. And it doesn't, as I said, exculpate those who did not and who don't abide by the rulings and the social distancing and all of these other things. It's not an excuse. But certainly the media depictions were, were biased, were uh, uh, you know, slanted. And, and going from the beginning of, of this crisis, again, I, th- I think that there's a lot of criticism for uh, people in the community who did not abide by the rules. Um, but the disparity became more apparent this week, I think. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Were you surprised that APAC uh, canceled their conference 10 months in advance? Uh, I was surprised, but I understand the reasoning. And, you know, people come up with all sorts of excuses which are not true i am i know the circumstances and the um this is a, a major gathering something to which many thousands eighteen thousand people last year you know look forward to all year and it's a unique kind of gathering but for them they would have to make guarantees and it's not just their decision it's the hotels who are not ready to commit it's the convention center that is not ready to commit and what if they say okay you have to have social distancing one person every three seats you cannot make a go with this it costs millions and millions of dollars to right. stage this so i think that they made a rational you know, a decision based on the realities. That's Boy, all. do we need a widely used vaccine, effective widely used vaccine, very soon. Yes, there are many things coming, many treatments that, that are in the works. We have to see which ones will work, but I'm willing, uh, one of them will, will emerge soon. Um, Israel, recent Israeli airstrikes in Syria, what can you tell us? So Israel continues to strike against the movement of Iranian uh, weaponry being supplied to Hezbollah and to uh, Iranian militias inside um, inside Syria. We've seen so many developments, and unfortunately because of the, um, the developments in, in our own country, um, Turkey's involvement in Libya, the disruptions in Libya, the, the conflict, the fact that the uh, the uh, government forces drove out General Haftar's tri- troops from Tripoli, 
who were backed by the UAE, uh, Egypt and Russia, and Turkish-backed uh, troops were, were uh, and, and Russia sent more planes, six planes to, to uh, Libya. They were bringing mercenaries from Syria, both from Homs and from other areas now, and the Turks are doing the same thing, flying in volunteers and people, and by boat bringing uh, weapons uh, uh, to Libya. So, and again, as I said, there's very little uh, real attention, um, but the the um, there have been brash announcements by General Haftar and by others, and his, he he left for Moscow and came back, and there was a the brokered agreements are all being uh, sabotaged, as are the agreements that were reached in Syria and Dara, and else the the deal between the, the Syrians, the Russians, the uh, and the uh, Turks, and it's all breaking down. We're seeing uh, Russia work with Iran and Turkey, where they it helps them. But in most places, all of them are in conflict with uh, uh, with one another. And uh, as I said, the Libyan Prime Minister w- was in Turkey. Um, we see the connections that the, um, the the expansion of the activity. So it's there's a universal development of Iran, despite its tremendous economic restrictions still investing in the in the supply and resupply of uh, terrorist groups we know that amongst the the people they're recruiting from for Libya are Palestinian Islamic Jihad inside Syria and uh, that obviously has some implications in people being trained weapons uh, movement etc um, we know that the, you know British mercenaries were offered one hundred fifty thousand dollars to fly helicopters for General Haftar against uh, the Turkish ships Ferrying weapons, and uh, after four days they fled to Malta. Mm. So we see. We also see the Turkish-backed Syrian militias targeting the Kurds in Afrin and other areas. An area that was 90% Kurdish is today less than 30% as they resettle uh, other refugees in this area. Uh, I'm giving you these points because to understand how dynamic the situation is, and that while we're all focused uh, on the situation here at home. We see the the uh, uh, enormous number of things that are are happening. Israel launched, by the way, a new, very successful launch of a sea to to land and uh, land to land, uh, ground to ground, um, new ballistic missile that they developed for short range, about 260 miles, but very effective. Uh, again, another achievement that that went more or less uh, more or less unnoticed. We have in Syria uh, economic. Uh, warfare going on between Assad and his cousin, Mahouf, whose home I was actually in, in Damascus. Um, but it's an indication of how bad the economic situation there is, as it is in Iran and even in, in Turkey, which continues to support uh, Hamas, continues to host them. Erdogan, by the way, is building, and I know this is ranging over an area, but it's things we haven't had a chance to discuss, that what's happening in Jerusalem, where the Turks are going to build a new center, are building a new center of a building, and the building that they bought near the Kotel, um, uh, 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 an Islamic center. And uh, they are investing tens of millions of dollars, Erdogan, to expand Turkish influence there. And as he told me personally, you know, you can't be the caliph if you don't have Jerusalem. At the same time, Israel's negotiating with Saudi Arabia to give them a say in the Waqf, which is in control of the top of the Harabayat. 
um, something that Jordan and everybody else rejected until now. They, it's something the Saudis wanted, but they they denied it. Now the Jordanians are appear to be open, and these secret negotiations are going on Why? because this is a way to counter the Turkish influence. Oh wow! So in other, bring, in other and, words, Jordan feels they need Saudi Arabia to fend off Turkey. Right, but he, they want to protect their special status on on the Temple Mount in Harabayat. But at the same time, something oh. they rejected. All, all along is now being um, negotiated, and the uh, you know, we know that, uh, for instance, Turkey has provided money to shuttle tens of thousands of Arabs from the Galil to visit the Alaska Mosque. You know, again, not something that necessarily gets um, a lot of attention. A, a, attention or focus, uh, neither in Israel nor here. But this attempt to increase their influence and in buying properties and giving money. Uh, you know, the center will host Arab tourists and uh, has links to Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, as you know, Erdogan is a Muslim Brotherhood supporter and, and is exporting this ideology. And while I'm at it, I just will say that we see their growing activities in Europe. We, there's a political party in Sweden called uh, Nyans, uh, which means Nuance. And it's run by a guy whose father was the mayor of, uh, of uh, in Turkey of a city from which the vast majority of people have now emigrated to Turkey. And he was a member of a, more of a centrist left party and now founded his own, which is based on the same Islamist uh, principles. By the way, you see him in Denmark. We see him in other countries in, in Europe. And, um, and Erdogan is using this because he wants to be able to control the large Turkish diaspora that is uh, that is present in Europe. We saw those manifestations in Germany over the years, and we see it um, now in Scandinavia and other places. Uh, you know, people beginning to take some notice of it. But um, the rise of Islamist parties supporting uh, Islamic legal law, Sharia law, in secular state law, and the Muslim Brotherhood is trying to spread this in Europe. And we see it mostly in the uh, Muslim Brotherhood-funded uh, Federation of Islamic Organizations in Europe. I, I won't go into all the details about it, but it's a heads-up that people, you know, look at what's what's happening when we're looking the other way. I'm not trying to be funny when I ask this, but the list you just went through, uh, Libya, Iran, Syria, Turkey, etc., is Washington aware of all these things you just mentioned? So, yes, and the United States has spoken out on, on a lot of these issues, and Secretary Pompeo, you know, has expressed himself. Certainly, the United States is not playing a key role in Libya, um, uh, but the but in all these other circumstances, you know, that, that the United States, by the way, has been terrific on the ICC, the International Criminal Court, another issue we didn't even raise, but which could be very significant. Um and they are very concerned. They they have criticized the Russians bringing the planes to 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 Libya. They're certainly concerned about the Turkey's role there, um, and the the instability that is coming out of it, and the growing involvement of uh, Russia in the region. This is a, a foothold that the Tsarist always wanted to to break the um, this through the soft underbelly, which was Turkey into the Middle East. The, 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 and there were other revelations in Damascus. There's a place called the Glass House, which is right near the airport, in a mysterious building that tens of thousands of people passed every day. But it turns out that it is the Islamic Revolutionary Guard's most critical, one of their most critical presence in Syria. It's an intelligence headquarters, which um, where you have militias, commanders, IRGC officials uh, passing through. 
and it's um, and and it is the equivalent to what they call the to the White House. Again, something that gets revealed, but almost no uh, serious attention. I assure you, Israel knows about it. Israel, going back to your original question, mm-hmm. that Israel is paying attention, as is the United States, to to some of this, but. You know, we we still create sometimes the impression that America withdraws. When America withdraws, others step in to to fill the void. Uh, what could you tell us as July first approaches? Uh, what's the latest on annexation? So I, I don't think annexation is a good word to use. We don't know what it will be, and you know the mapping hasn't been finished. Other things. So a lot of people are jumping to conclusions, which I don't think are warranted yet by the facts. There's obviously a lot of support. There's a lot of opposition from the right, from the left, to Netanyahu's proposal, to the to the deal of the century, uh, from the right because it creates a Palestinian state, would, would limit, uh, they say, uh, the settlement expansion, uh, from the left because uh, of, of the opposite reasons. And, um, and, of course, Europeans and others have jumped on the bandwagon. There have been many threats against Israel about cutting off ties or assistance programs or other things. Uh, I think it's something that has to be thought through very carefully. But there is a consensus, clearly, when it comes to the Jordan Valley, for instance. I remember Rabin t- talking to me about it. Yigal Alon had it in the Alon plan. It's critical to Jordan security, Israel security. The question is how you do it, the sensitivity you got to think about um, the ramifications, Jordan has said it will lead to an eruption and break their ties. PA has already severed cooperation, um, uh, although I, I assume that some is still going on. But but the truth is that in this instance, there really is a severing of a lot of the cooperation. But they will pay the price for it. They need the Israeli cooperation and security uh, assistance. So the rejectionist uh, Palestinians continue in the same way that they always have, turning down every opportunity rather than negotiating and engaging and working out a deal. I think there are a lot of misunderstandings. This could be application of Israeli law. The question is, is it an application of sovereignty? Annexation has such negative connotations, even though nobody defines it uh, specifically what, what it would mean. So I think people should wait. Let's see what happens with the mapping and the other preparatory steps. There are reports that Washington wants this to slow down a little bit. Uh, I don't know that that's true, but the um, but the PA is limited now also in its operations in Yudin Shomron uh, because it, it lost the ability to operate in more than two-thirds of the West Bank when they ended the security cooperation. In regard to COVID-19, did Israel have a rough week? Uh, Israel had a tougher week because there were a number of new cases specifically linked to some of the schools. There was an upsurge of 120 new cases, I think, on Wednesday. I've not heard about yesterday. But Israel moves quickly. They isolate the areas, when they and they're able to target them with the uh, monitoring systems that they have in place to be able to see who is interacted with whom. Uh, there were, I think, 15 schools that were closed down on, on Thursday. Uh, you know, teachers get affected, students get affected. So, yes, there's been a, a bit of an uptick, but they are continuing to open up all the businesses and, and uh, life, I think, for most people, has come back to normal. Whatever date we thought we'd be traveling or be able to travel to Israel, that date is likely now postponed a bit, no? Right. So people call me all the time about it, and unfortunately there are cases of emergencies. But the the fact is it's still July 14th is when the date that was set that foreigners could come. I think it is likely that that will be put back. Um, 
many of the airlines are, are, will be flying uh, over the summer. American, I think, announced that there'll be over 50% of their flights. Uh, and But the foreign flights will be much less. And it's difficult because when you can only put, you know, let's say three people in a row that would normally have five, uh, the economics of this uh, also are of concern. And we have to see whether there will be bumps, whether there will be resurgence. And you don't want to create a circumstance that all of a sudden in September, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, that, that we will have a, another round. And um, uh, so I think, I hope that there will be progress on prevention. There certainly is much greater detection. We know that the situation in our hospitals has, here have changed, has changed dramatically. Right. People are aware. But people should not let their guard down. When you people tell me all the time, oh, I have the antibodies, yeah, but the mask is not to protect you; it's to protect other people from right. you. So be concerned. Don't don't take the risk that you could be put somebody's life in danger. Wear the masks. Wash your hands. I mean, what is it that we're asking people to do? It's nothing that that demanding that they shouldn't be able to comply. Uh, I would assume Elliot Engel is on the list. Anybody else who are friends of Israel in the House and Senate that you're now concerned about? Yeah, there are a few, but Elliot, I would say, is at the top of the list because now they, the other candidates have dropped out, and there's one who's backed by AOC who has um, uh, who has talked about punishing Israel for its movement in terms of conditioning aid. Uh, it does come from uh, a rather extreme position. He's um, But the, the good news this week, we saw Steve King and Valerie Plain lost, both have, expressed, uh, have had expressions that were uh, troubling. And, um, you know, the, we, we, it's, I think it's totally unpredictable about what this political season is going to lead to, especially after what the impact of COVID will be, of the COVID will be, and the impact of the of the uprising during the week, the demonstrations, the uh, violence that people saw. In the, and even in those places where it didn't occur, people it raises their sensitivities to fear levels, and then people can vote in ways that are not predictable. So... It's. Uh, I think it's going to be a very tumultuous political year, and it means that everybody should be registered. There's a primary in New York. You can do it by mail. You don't even have to leave your house. You don't have to do anything. It's really imperative people register and be there to vote. And you'd include, by the way, e- even if it is a uh, – oh, actually, I guess it's too late for that, right? One can't now uh, register to vote in the, in the primary, right? The primary in New York, in New York at least. In New York is – I think this is another few days, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, but yeah. I think that they that they sent out um, registration forms right. or ballots. Right. Maybe it was the ballots that they uh, that they sent out. But it doesn't matter if you're not registered. Register today. Don't put it off. Don't say you'll do it tomorrow because then you're not going to do it. And then comes November, you won't be able to vote. And you know we have critical elections even in the New York area. There yeah. are people running who should be getting support. And you know if we if we leave it to others, then don't complain about the results. We're living through interesting times, Mr. Honline, wouldn't you say? It is a Chinese uh, curse. We live in interesting times, and it, unfortunately it's being overdone in this phonemic and epidemic and, and whatever. Um, but maybe people will learn the lessons. I think there are good things that could come out of all of this in the Jewish community. For one thing, I think things we took for granted for so long will be less so, especially the ability to visit Israel and go to Jerusalem and all the things that we do so blithely and automatically. But also, I think a greater sense of community, that it's things that we took for granted, but people miss their shuls, their schools, the institutions, the interaction. 
uh, and the sense of community. And after this, the community will need people more than ever, but people will need community more than ever. And, and that's what the sense of Arivut and the amazing chesed, amazing, and all the heroes from the medical workers to Atzala to, to Matzbia to, to, to uh, Med Council, the Federation, so all the, up and down the line, the way people have responded, the generosity, the uh, tremendous sacrifices that, that uh, people made, especially those engaged in the Chesed Shalemes, the, it, it's unbelievable. And the people being fed until today, uh, who otherwise would have been in dire straits. So, uh, and our elected officials who fought for their aid and have been out there working to protect the interests of the community. All of those are things that we take for granted. You know, we're ready to criticize when we don't like something that people do, but this is a time when we should be reflecting and thanking them for what they do. No question about it. I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. God willing, be well. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JMNAM. And Malcolm just said something that really might explain why so many people have, thank God, up until this point, responded to our fundraiser. We need community now more than ever. We are going to be reminded how important our day schools are, and hopefully that'll help our day schools survive as people consider how important it is to support them. We're going to understand how important our synagogues are. Hopefully people will step up and support them. We've been a a source and sense of community for a long, long time, three and a half decades, but never more than now. Those of you who want to salute the sense of community that we're giving, the world Jewish community, but obviously specifically those in this country, in this area, uh, we ask you to give to our 2020 fundraiser and be as generous as possible. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. You could also send a check to us and help keep us going. I have explained more than once this week that there are essentially five ways that we get support for this network and this show. And aside from direct fundraising, almost all the others are completely gone right now. Sponsored shows, travel that we do with the sponsored shows, special projects, events. So please, give what you can and keep us going fjbunity.org and you could certainly go to or you could certainly write a check Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting and mail it to our address 551 Grand Street Suite 3 New York City 10002 again that's uh, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting 551 Grand Street Suite number 3 New York City 10002 and we thank you I uh, got a note from uh from down in Florida, it says, Mazel Tov to our children, Sippy and Shia Dove Schreiber of Bayswater, who are celebrating anniversary number 14 today. 14 years and four beautiful children later, you continue to bring us abundant nachas and joy. May Hashem continue to shower your family with good health. Simcha Natslacha. May you celebrate many more happy years together. Admeava Esrim. With much love from Ima and Abba, who, of course, we know as listeners Sina and Mr. Listeners Sina down in Florida. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Nusso. Candle lighting at 8.04, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. 
Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Noso. Parshas Noso, according to the Chinuch, contains 18 mitzvos, 7 positive, and 11 restrictions. Parshas Noso has the distinction of being the longest parsha in the Torah. Interestingly, there are in Parshas Noso 176 psukim. It's the longest parsha because you have the same paragraph repeated 12 times, namely the gift that each of the Nisim, the princes, brought at the occasion of the dedication of the Mishkan, on Rosh, beginning with Rosh Chodesh Nisan, second year that they left Mitzrayim. And interestingly, the Torah could have had the paragraph once and said each of the twelve princes brought this same gift. The Torah would have listed the same, but the Mepharshim tell us no. The fact that they did not want to outdo one another, they each brought the same, that is such a beautiful midah of true Avas Yisrael, that the Torah accentuated this point to teach us this wonderful lesson, a lesson which we can all take very much to heart as we are hopefully, gradually going back to what was before the outbreak of this epidemic a more, quote, normal. Now, that is a very challenging word which we can't go into at this time. Interestingly, <clears throat> as there are 176 uh, verses in Parshas Naso, so too there are 176 psukim in the longest chapter of Tanakh, namely Tilim 119. And finally, you guessed it, how many pages are there in the Gemara Bava Basra, that's right, 176. I'd like to focus this morning on a famous Chazal, which Rashi brings at the beginning of chapter 6 of Parshas Noso, where the Torah introduces us to the Nazir. Now let's understand something. The Nazir, regarding whom there are 10 out of the 18 mitzvos of this week's parsha directed to the nazir, man or woman, who abstain from A, drinking wine, B, cutting their hair, C, uh, coming in contact, being under the same roof as a, a dead body, a deceased. So these individuals, and minimally, Nazirus is minimally for 30 days, could be longer, but not less than 30 days. Kadosh Yiyeh and Yiyeh Bigamatria is 30. So the Torah introduces the Nazir by telling us, Isho Isha, a man or woman, Kiafli, Lindor Neder. Literally, he or she shall disassociate himself by taking a vow, a vow of abstinence. 
But the Torah uses the word Yafli, which the Ebenezer picks up and says, Yafli from the word Pele. Pele is a wonder. This is wow. How so? Why is this a Pele? Kirov Olam Holchim Achar Ta'avasam. Most people, says the Ibn Ezra, follow their natural inclinations. And he, she, the Nazir, they have the ability to rise above these natural inclinations. Now, Rashi cites the famous teaching of the Gemara Sota at the very beginning of the Gemara. Says the Gemara Sota. Why does chapter, quote, 6 come after chapter 5? What does that mean? Why does Nazir follow the laws of Sota, the suspected adulteress, and the specific procedure that the Torah outlines for her in chapter 5? Lomalach to teach us, anyone who saw the Sota, in her state of literal destruction, Yazir Atzmo Minayayin, he should respond to this sight by literally withdrawing himself, abstaining himself from wine. Shehu Mevi Lideniyuf, for this was one of the contributing factors towards her unfaithfulness. Now, let's think about this for a moment. I want to quote for you the Ramban in Perekei, chapter 5, on the Sota. The Ramban is found on Pasuk Chof, Pasuk 20, in chapter 5. Says the Ramban, V'hinei ein b'chol mishpetei Torah. You don't find in any of the other laws of the Torah Dover talui benes, something which is literally dependent <clears throat> on a miracle. Zulasi except for this matter. Whether or not she is innocent or guilty is going to be determined, shown by a miracle of God. If she is guilty, there's going to be this a natural, supernatural effect upon her, literally the um, falling apart of her stomach, and this is going to, unbelievable, this is not a natural event. This is a wonder and a permanent miracle. That God will do only for the Jewish people, if the majority of the Jewish people are living in accordance with Torah law. And that's why at the end of the Gemara, Sota, unfortunately, we're told that when morality declined within the Jewish community, these laws were no longer in effect. And what's the reason that God provides this miracle? in order for his true sense of righteousness, wants 
He wants to warn the women, he wants to warn the Jewish community that they should not do as the immorality of the other nations, Ulenakos Yisrael Minamam Zerus, and to cleanse and rid the Jewish people from the immorality. <clears throat> in order that they should be worthy of having God's presence in their midst. So if somebody actually saw <clears throat> what happened to the Sota, I ask you, wouldn't that very seeing, quote, cause believing? Wouldn't that make the Roshem, wouldn't that make the incredible <clears throat> impression upon the individual? He shouldn't have to take a vow of abstinence. Come on. I would have thought, who is the one who has to take this vow of abstinence? Not the one who saw it, but rather the one who didn't see it. The one who heard about it. Oh, I heard about it. I want to keep that concept alive. I'm going to take something upon myself. But if a person saw it, my goodness, they should have to take something tangible. And we see from here something very, very powerful regarding human nature. Let's take one step back. The Torah tells us that this Nazir, who's called <clears throat> Kodosh Lashem, he's literally holy during the time of his Nazirus. At the end of his Nazirus, what does he have to do? He brings a series of korbanos, of offerings, and one of those sacrifices that he brings is a korban chatos, a sin offering. Wait a second. Who are we calling a sinner? A man who abstained because he wanted to get closer to God? Why is he a sinner? Says the Ramban, interestingly, he's called a sinner because he is going back. His Naziris is over. He's going back to his former ways. He did not maintain himself on that high level. Interestingly, the one who never took upon himself Nazirus, they're not called a sinner, but the one who had it and doesn't keep it, says the Ramban, that's a sinner. Now, let's take this one step beyond. The Ramban, in his Sefer, Torah's Hashem Tamima, there, <clears throat> and in his Sefer, Emuna Ubitochon, chapter 19, the Ramban writes an incredible, original understanding of the Pasuk in chapter 2 of Shira Shirim, of Song of Songs, verse 7. Now, this is a very significant verse. 2 7. Shira Shirim. If you'd like, bring the Shira Shirim to the table. Look at the verse. Hishbati Eschem Benos Yerushalayim. Write 
King Solomon says, I adjure you, I impose an oath upon you. Now, the Benos Yerushalayim, whether it refers to, according to many, Rashi, the other nations of the world, Bitzvaos o ba'ayolos, literally, uh, with and referring to the various animals of the field, imto'iru v'imto'oru esa'ava achetechpots, that you should dare not provoke God to hate me or to disturb his love for me while he, Hashem, still desires it. In other words, don't tamper with the special relationship between God and Israel. Now I have to tell you, it is just one week after Shavuos, after we read Akdomus on the first day of Shavuos. Akdomus was written in the 11th century by Reb Meir Reb Yitzchok, and it consists of 90 verses. The th- main three parts of Akdomos is, it speaks of our praise of God, His Torah, and His people. Breaking it down, there is a core part of the 90 psukim going from verse 43 through verse 74, a little more than 30 psukim, whereby Israel speaks to the rest of the world and says, don't dare, don't try to get us to leave Hashem. Hashem still loves us. We have that special rapport, that special relationship. The Ramban understands this verse and interprets it in the following way and says, Jewish people, don't pride yourself in your religious accomplishments. Don't pride yourself in your religious growth. I speak to everybody, myself included. Don't pride yourself that you experienced, even at home, not yet in the shul, your personal high and relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu over Shavuos. Ad Shetechpatz. And this is his own creativity, the Ramban, until you make it into a chafetz, until you make it into an action, an object, concretize it. Only when you're able to take it and challenge it into a specific action, then that religious experience is going to be with you. Oh, and that's why the Ramban says the Nazir, because he's letting go, that is unfortunately why he's a chote. And now, each and every one of us should say, wow, we were privileged to undergo a Shavuos. What am I going to do to keep Shavuos going? What am I going to go, do to keep this momentum that I was privileged to have on Shavuos going? I'm going to suggest two or three very quick, very important points. One, <clears throat> starting today, think, and please God, every Erev Shabbos, pick up the telephone, 
and call a shut-in. Call somebody who might be alone. Call somebody who's not well. Call somebody who you don't usually speak to. Reach out. If Shavuos represented Vayichan Shom Yisrael, that there was a oneness, an Ishachod, a Levachod, we have to continue to perpetuate that Avas Yisrael, not with your friends, that your usual circle of friends. No, expand it. Call somebody today, wish them a good Shabbos, thinking of you that you don't usually do. One. Number two, we are about to go back to the Bate Knesios. Different communities, slowly, gradually, outdoor minyanim, and then, please God, back into the Besach Knesses. It's been a long time that we have been out. Let's do it right. Don't Go into the Beisach Knesses with your phone on. Even if it's on vibrate, that ten, that, that, that natural urge to look and see who it is. And once you've got it out, it's a terrible distraction. And it's there. And God forbid, what are we going back to shul for? You were able to pray Shimon Esri at home, but you didn't have that repetition. To God forbid, go back now and to play on your phone and be on your phone no matter what. That would be horrific. Finally, don't talk in shul. Amazing. Some people, before they go into their own homes, they knock on the door. Why? Because I'm having a hard day. I don't want to bring any of that. I don't want into my house. I don't want to startle people. Most every shul has a lobby. Don't tell me you're late and you're running into shul. Stop in that lobby for one moment. Recite the verse, Matovu Olecho Yaakov. Stop for that one moment and remind yourself where you're going. Remind yourself that the only thing I can talk in this room is Divrei Tefillah and Divrei Torah. It's going to be a very different experience coming home. I say to everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to your minyanim. Slowly, gradually, as your Rabbanim and medical teams are advising us. But when we do it, let's do it right. Taking this opportunity to wish everybody a most meaningful return to their Bate Knesios. Shabbat Shalom to all.
J.M. in the A.M., Ms. Marshier from the uh, group Accept Saturday here at J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning broadcast at 14 minutes before the hour with candlelighting at 8.04 in New York. Arif Shabbos Parshas Nassau. I was right. We confirmed our friends in Israel that it'll be at the beginning of July. Chukas Balak is together for us. Chukas Balak is separate in Israel, and that's when we'll catch up on the uh, Parshios. Candlelighting in New York, 8.04. Scattered thunderstorms, a high of 79. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at uh, A&H. Uh, Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Hey, dads and grads are expecting some nice gifts. Why wouldn't they? I have great gift ideas for dads and grads. Uh, go to the A&H website, kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net. 10% off when you use promo code radio. 10% off when you use promo code radio. Hey, our friends at Kedem are, uh, as usual, uh, presenting our incredible Erev Shabbos show uh, that Mark Zamek has already presented twice last night and very, very early this morning. It'll be presented again at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And then, of course, in the afternoon, Kedem presents our Erev Shabbos music mix 
all through the afternoon. And I mentioned this uh, a bunch of times uh, uh, during the uh, during the programming. You'll hear it uh, as an official uh, reminder. But I want to remind our JMNAM listeners that there's very, very big news from our friends at Kedem, the Royal Wine Corporation, and their partners at Bartonura. Very big news. In fact, I, I've asked them to provide someone to give us some details about this, and hopefully we will have a conversation about it um, at some point on the air. The... Um, the Moscato Blue that you're so familiar with, the uh, blue bottle, the the blue wine, <laughs> as some might call it, <laughs> the blue wine, it actually looks blue through the bottle, uh, that has become so popular and sells in the millions and really has crossed over into many different uh, ethnic groups and genres, uh, and it's such a big popular staple among young and old in, in the uh, Jewish community, the kosher community. Uh, Bartonura, I'm sure with the help of Royal Wine Kedem, has now put that delicious wine in cans. You could actually buy cans of Bartonura Blue, Moscato. Yeah, Bartonura Moscato in a can. No joke. Buy them by the case, I guess by the six-pack, etc. So take a look at your uh, local stores. We want to make sure to get back into our retail establishments and give them as much business as possible, that's for sure, uh, in the next couple of weeks as these stores start to open again in New York. Go in. Buy yourself some great Bartonura um, Moscato in can form and then toss it in the fridge for about 24 hours and then, and then enjoy an ice-cold, incredible drink, um, which, I, look, I mean, I, I don't have to tell this audience about Bartonura Blue. You know enough about it. But the fact that it's out now in cans is a piece of information you may not know, and I'm going to make sure everybody does know. Uh, and a big shout-out and Shabbat Shalom to Bartonura and our friends at uh, Kedem and the Royal Wine Corporation. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM with Vegas.
J.M. in the A.M. with Vekas from volume number five. Our friends at Bartonura have informed me it's a four-pack. The cans of Bartonura Moscato Blue is a four-pack. Ask for it and buy it and enjoy it. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at J.M. in the A.M. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by Become a 
job is Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine It's a very special sign Your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. I want to take this opportunity to thank uh, Michelle and Kenny Miller, great friends for a long, long time. They have just pledged $18 a month, which you could do, by the way, at fjbunity.org. You could actually pledge a monthly amount. That's a grand total of $226 for the year, and that's a great pledge, and I thank them very much to support the important work that Nachum and everyone on the NSN Network does every single day to inform, entertain, and unite. They put that in bold, unite Am Yisrael. So thank you to the Millers, and thanks to all of you for supporting us during our 2020 fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org, or feel free to just send in a check. Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York, New York. 
1-0-2, and I thank you. Plenty coming up. Naomi Nachman in a few minutes with the table for two. Um, Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night. Matis on Sunday with JM Sunday live at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Have a great Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Seagull reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.